1: The show is all about the business of trucking. If you've got questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner operator, finding freight, working with brokers, financial planning, retirement accounts, you name it, we'll tackle it here. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. We're uh we're going to get to those calls Well, you know what? I want to tell you a little bit about our new recording schedule for one and some of our new uh, podcasts that we're doing as well. And the recording schedule, I want you to write this down. Every Wednesday, Thursday and Friday afternoon, it's 1 p.m. Eastern time. We usually record for an hour or two. Uh, Occasionally we'll miss a day, but just count on the fact that most Wednesday, Thursdays, Fridays will be there. If we're going to miss a day, I try to send out an email. Uh, which also reminds me, if you haven't done this in a while, go to our website. You can update your email information and contact info there uh, so we can let you know about these kind of things. And it's really easy to join us on these recordings. All you have to do is dial a phone number. You can sit and listen to the whole show on your phone. And the number, grab something to write with, put this in your phone, 347-884-8327. Uh, so check that out. Let's get to some phone calls. Let's, uh, let's go to Arkansas. Bill, welcome to the program.
2: Yeah, Kevin, I've got about three things. Well, the first one was a fast. I just had one put on yesterday. And with all them filters on that thing, do you really need a filter like down there on the pump or do they have a blank you can put in there? Because, you know, just so many times filter, there ain't going to be nothing left for it.
1: Well, I agree. Uh, I don't know if there is a blank or not, but I, I don't think that we need any other filtration in line. I mean, that's plenty of filtration. The FAST allows you to pick a couple different micron sizes so you can filter it the way you want. I don't know the easiest way to get rid of that other filter, but whatever you can figure out, we don't need it.
2: Because, you know, changing it ain't easy, and that makes me lazy about it.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> I got to yeah. get
2: dirty to change it. Yeah, there. Exactly. And uh, we were talking, I was the one that said, why not go ahead and get an 18 instead of a 13? You said the weight was different. I was actually at that gear builder yesterday done this transmission. It's exactly the same. Is 716 it, pounds for them two transmissions.
1: Is it really? I wonder how they manage that. I guess I'd have to look at all the well, parts. Now, the...
2: they were both the heavy duties. I had the heavy duty 13. Yeah, he looked at me and he goes, well, that ain't true. And I said, well, I've always been told it was wider.
1: Yeah, I thought it was too. So I, I certainly learned something today.
2: Yeah, I just want to tell you because you know you don't know. He showed me it in the book. He didn't only me, tell me. He went and got right. the book and he said, "Look
1: here." <laughs> yeah, no, I believe it. I believe so, it.
2: Yes, sir. And uh, oh, I put in a micro blue rear end in March, and they lost it. Matter of fact, he's one of them that does the micro and but he's he's never seen one that had trouble yet and he looked at mine and he said it don't look like them are micro he said i know what they look like new but he said ain't never seen none that's been used <laughs> and he called them down there and they didn't return the call but i was funny because going over there i was thinking he told me he could tell a difference looking at the gears and i thought boy it'd be funny if i get over here and he said you bought a rear end that ain't been micro and paid for it
1: well yeah and and we've taken them apart after the fact and you can still tell the difference I mean, and it's a clear Uh-oh. difference. It, that ain't good, then, is it? No, it, it, it's pretty distinct. In fact, I think, is it Jackie? Somebody posted some pictures. They got back in and took a rear end apart for some reason. I know I've seen pictures of bearings. They
2: still look, the gears still look gray and stuff whenever they're used, huh?
1: Yeah, they don't look exactly like they did when they were new. The oil, you know, changes the look of them, but they don't look like a, a standard set of gears either.
2: Well, he said, you know, he just started to—actually, you've got three transmissions sent there now to get down the gears and all. And uh, he said, that's not what they look like when they're new. But he said, I ain't never seen one that's had trouble.
1: Well, yeah, we haven't had that many either, so we really haven't taken that many apart. But I do know I've seen them where they look different than they did when they were new, but they don't look like factory parts anymore like three different looks. I know what a factory part looks like. I know what a new micro-blued part looks like. And a a micro-blued part after it's been in service. Let's, uh, Let's go to Nevada. Mike, welcome to the program.
3: Hello, I'm calling about my 1997 FLD. The problem I have is studs and hubs. And I'm still laughing about that since yesterday. <laughs> and the
1: <laughs> studs and hubs, okay.
3: <laughs> yes, I need to change the... Uh, uh, I, I don't need to. I, I'm entertaining the thought of changing my, the studs to hubs, and that was a costly proposition. But when I was talking to uh, the Michelin representative uh, about the change into super singles on my trailer... Uh, he asked me about my truck and I told him that it's a 97 24 fives with uh, a stud a piloted hub uh, wheels. And he said, Well, uh, we've got, uh, we can convert that. We've got, we can convert that. And I'm wondering if you're aware of it. I remember in the old days when I was a kid, you could convert wheels from one manufacturer like Chevy to Ford, but it really wasn't. A, a very good
1: idea. Uh, so yeah, have I any- yeah, I think that's different. You know, it, it, it's kind of the it, believe it or not, the stud piloted wheels had some advantages. I mean, when we've moved to the hub piloted, that's when we get the out of round conditions. It, it's not as easy to get a wheel centered on a hub pilot. Uh, so we actually use the. True Balance product to, to center it back to the stud instead of using the hub. So even when we do a hub piloted setup, we recommend the True Balance, which in essence is kind of taking it back to a, a, a stud piloted. But I, I don't think there are any problems with the conversion, if that's what you're asking.
3: Well, yeah, and now that you uh, bring up that point, I'm wondering if I can get uh, the 24-5 uh, super single wheels super single wheels so that no. I can convert over and if I, I should even do it. I've I don't, got a 390 with a 10 speed.
1: I don't believe that anybody makes a 24.5 wide single.
3: Oh, yeah, no, I, I it, my point would is, would be that, uh, uh, oh, okay, all right, you mean a wide single wheel.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody makes a 24.5 for for a wide single. I think you have to go to a 22.5. Unless I'm mistaken, I've, I don't think I've ever seen one.
3: No, I what I'm getting at is I want to change the uh tires over to 24 tires and wheels over at 24 5 225.
1: Okay. And yes. And
3: if if you're saying that the stud pilot is okay is just fine, then the next issue would be to know whether or not they even make uh super singles in the uh stud piloted wheels.
1: Yeah, n- that I don't know. Uh that you'd have to do some research on that. Uh you also had an oil sample, didn't you? That's correct. Okay. And it
3: looks pretty good, uh, but I I'll defer to you.
1: Uh yeah, let's take a look. So how many miles are on the oil right now?
3: Uh five thousand
1: four hundred and two. Why why did we sample so early? Was there a reason?
3: Well the this is a fairly new truck. I did two samples before, and my uh, uh, odometer is off by two-tenths, which meant that when I was doing my calculations for both fuel and oil, in the case of oil, I was way off. I was coming up with a a reading of uh, 4,000 miles, one gallon added every 4,000 miles. Now, uh, at 5,000 miles, I'm 5,400, I'm only down about uh, a little more than half a gallon. So that changes the whole picture. I'm really, if if the math works out, I'm really only down one gallon for about every 10,000 miles. So I'm back to normal.
1: Got it. So that's
3: why I tested the oil. Not only that, but the seller uh, didn't tell me that the truck was using one gallon for every 3,000 miles. Well, that calculation. Was in error because
1: he had the wrong dipstick in the truck. Got it. We've seen so that happen he said, before ended too. Up
3: selling me a truck for nothing.
1: Yeah, we, because we, he thought
3: it was uh, eating up oil.
1: We've seen that happen. That you get the wrong dipstick in, which means you overfill the engine to get it to the right level on the wrong stick, and it burns off that first gallon really quick because the engine's overfull. Then you get the right dipstick in and the oil consumption goes away. Interesting. The sample looks great. Now, it's hard to tell. 5,000 miles isn't a lot to tell, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's very, very clean. Stick around. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's Let'sTruck.com. I'm Kevin Rothbard. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. I'm going to head off to Nebraska. Eric, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling.
0: Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I wanted to ask you about my profit gauges if I uh, am a candidate for S-Corp next
1: year. All right. Let's take a look. So uh, tell me a little bit. Oh, it looks like you're leased to Landstar. Is that correct? Okay. Uh all right, let's start at the top here. All miles, dollar ninety three a mile. That is outstanding. Great number, especially I mean that would be a great number if you were out on your own. Uh with all the other cost of having your authority and all those other things. A dollar ninety three would be a great rate. You're getting it being leased to Landstar. That is outstanding. Um uh, You have very little fixed cost. I take it your truck's paid for. Yes. Okay. Very few fixed costs. Fuel is outstanding at 46 cents a mile. Um, Maintenance is really high. Have you done a lot of upgrades or a lot of big stuff lately?
0: Yeah, I have. Um, This is, uh, I bought this truck off of uh, Jimmy Junkman. Okay. This was a Hubie truck.
1: Yeah. Yep got it yeah all right so we can expect that that's going to go down because i i know that truck pretty well and it's not out of the question that you'll get that maintenance cost down to about 10 cents a mile meaning that that we could add another 19 cents to the bottom line um you know, potentially next year without too much trouble. Uh, When we look at all the expenses, we get down to the bottom. uh, You're grossing $1.93 a mile. Your expenses are a buck a mile. So you're keeping 93 cents right now, which means, you know, and it's going to get better because of the maintenance. But all you would have to do is run 100,000 miles next year, and you'd be at, you know, $93,000. So clearly, uh, you need to get incorporated and I would get working on it right now. So you can launch it on January 1st. You know, here's an interesting thing. Uh, I was just thinking about this. You are keeping 93 cents a mile after all expenses. My first mileage contract with, uh, RPS at the time, I signed on making 73 cents a mile gross. Uh, that's just amazing. You know we've I, we've heard this stupid thing over the years. People have say, "Oh, rates haven't gone up in thirty years." Well, yeah, they have because, like I said, I, I was pulling for seventy three cents a mile gross when I started with RPS. You're doing ninety three cents a mile net.
0: Yeah. I started listening to you in 2010, and I was a company driver. So this this is me, uh, my second year in business for myself.
1: Wow, you are absolutely killing it! Really, for your second year, this would be excellent if you'd been doing this 20 years. To to have these kind yeah. of numbers after two, you're really doing a lot of things right.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> I went to two CMCs before I even bought this truck.
1: Well, it it uh you did the hard work and it paid off. These numbers are fantastic. But yeah, you you definitely need to get working on the S Corp. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Thanks for doing the hard work. We need more businesses like this in the industry. This is my goal. I, I wanna see people making ninety cents a mile take home, a buck a mile. That that is you know, that gets me excited. Let's uh, let's go to Houston this time. Said, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind today?
4: Good. Um, I have an '07 Volvo, and uh, I'm paying insurance. I just started with a new company, and I'm paying insurance uh, $280 a month. And then uh, when I uh, signed up, they asked me how much you value your truck, and I said, "Well, I paid $40,000. That was like four years ago." And I want to put that amount. And they said, okay, well, on $40,000, you're going to pay $280. But um, I just called back again this week, and they told me, okay, well, if, if something happens to your truck, and then uh, we're going to pay you for it, we're going to pay you whatever the blue book says. Right. And then, um, and then I said, okay, well, what if I put now that it's $20,000, it's worth $20,000? And they said, well, it's going to be $140. So it's like half of uh, right what I'm paying now. But I don't know. I went online and I tried to find out like a place where I can find the value of my truck on a blue book. So this way, I can tell my insurance uh, how much I value my truck because I don't want to value it forty thousand. They pay me ten thousand dollars if something happened to it. You know,
1: one of the uh, things I don't you... know
4: where where to find the, the like to, um, blue book
1: for well, trucks. One of the things I would do is is I would call uh, the company back at your insurance company, and I would ask them, you know, look up my policy. You know what kind of truck I have. If something happened to my truck today, how much would you give me? Because they can calculate it and tell you exactly how much. That's one way to do it, and I would recommend doing that. Another way, and, and we could actually do it right now about pretty quick while I've got you on the phone, um, is I use truckpaper.com uh, a lot. So I go to truckpaper.com. You look up, Uh you know, tell me a little bit about your truck. What year is it?
4: It's an 07 uh, 670 model, and it has uh, 1 million miles
1: on it. Okay, so we're going to look up 07. uh, I'm just going to look up all 07 Volvos right now. Now, if I wanted to, we -hmm. could get Mm -hmm. much more specific, and we could put in mileage and engine Uh and transmission and all that stuff. Uh, but just looking yeah. through here, just kind of scrolling through. It's a through. plain one.
4: I don't have leather seats and, like, these uh, fi- uh, fancy stuff, you know, just plain.
1: Okay. So looking and through a, in a good,
4: here. It looks good, like, in a good condition.
1: Looking through here, the cheapest I'm really seeing these. Let me check on some mileages here. Uh, I haven't found one with any miles listed yet. I mean, the cheapest that I'm finding is down in the low 20s. I haven't seen anything. I found Mm -hmm. one just now, just under 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're probably down at the here's one with uh, 1.1 million miles for Mm 24.9. And that's that's retail. So Blue Book is actually lower than that what they would give you back. They won't give you retail. So at, at 20,000, you're probably pretty good. I, I would leave it there because what's going to happen, it might be a little higher than that, but three or four mm-hmm. months from now, it's probably not going to be. Six months from now, it won't be. So if you've already redone it at 20, I'd probably leave it there.
4: I think that's illegal because they tell me how much you value your truck. And I said 40,000 and they charge me for 40,000. And then if something happened to it, they're going to pay me is like $20,000. Isn't that you know, crazy? That, I, that should be illegal.
1: I, I have said that for years. That is the screwiest system I have ever heard. I'm fine if you charge me for this much, but then you should cover me for that much. I, I don't understand the, the logic behind any of that. Right. Yeah, I, okay. I, I agree, but yeah, I would call them back. Um, If you want to know the actual value, just ask your insurance company, what would you give me if it gets totaled or stolen or, you know, a total loss? And then that's what I would value it at. Uh, But look at what you're going to save. I mean, you're going to save one hundred and forty dollars a month. So make sure that you keep your your value current on your insurance. In fact, you should lower it about every six months. Let's go to South Carolina. Tremaine, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. What can I help you with today?
5: Yeah, I got a problem with my uh, Detroit 14 liter. Losing coolness. The whole system is being pressurized. I'm trying to figure out what what, what causes that.
1: Uh-oh. Uh, so you're getting some bubbling out of the radiator?
5: Well, it's, it's coming, up, coming up back into the reservoir, I think.
1: Okay, can you see anything unusual looking in the coolant, like a film or a, a discoloration or anything that looks like it's contaminated? No, nope, no
5: oil, no suck, no nothing. Okay. Clean, clean and freeze.
1: Okay, a couple things that can pressurize the system. One is a head gasket, and that's probably the most common. And that would be... Pretty logical considering you're losing coolant and we're pressurizing the radiator. The other one are um, injector cups and and Detroit's. It's probably the most common engine to lose injector cups. seems Mm -hmm. to be the Detroit's, but most of the time, not always, but most of the time, if it's injector cups, you're going to get fuel in the coolant. Okay.
5: Yeah. I called Detroit and it says, I asked him about it. Uh, they said that's not the problem. They said um, the cylinder liners, but it, it was just re-overhauled re, about 100,000 miles ago.
1: Why do they think it's cylinder liners?
5: I don't, I'm trying to figure that same thing out. I mean, it,
1: it, it's not out of the question. If, if we get cavitation and the cavitation is severe enough to eat through the liners, it will cause coolant loss and pressurize the radiator. But that's like worst case scenario. I mean, we we hope it's a head gasket, not a liner. And, well, I hear the music. Let me uh, let me get to a break. I'll come back. We'll talk about this just a little more, see what we can figure out. Stick around. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's Let'sTruck.com. If you need any help from here, uh, from us here at the Let's Truck team, you can always give us a call. That number is 855 800 fuel. 855-800-3835. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. I'm going to go back to uh, South Carolina. Tremaine, you still with me? Yes, I am. Okay, so I have seen some extreme cases where I have where where cylinder liners have been wiped out in less than a hundred thousand miles. It's pretty unusual. And you had to have some really normally it requires some pretty severe problems with your coolant. And grounds at the same time. So you get some bad grounds and you've got coolant that's just really in bad shape. And you can cause enough electrolysis and cavitation to wipe out liners pretty quickly. But it's not very common. It, it's much more likely that you've got a cracked head or a head gasket. Okay. You know,
5: another thing is. is- while, while it's being pressurized, it's pushing it. It's pushing it out to sink um, somewhere. Is, I'm putting a gallon in it every day. Uh,
1: have you done any oil samples got, yet?
5: No, not yet. But I've it's, it's, just changed the oil. There's no, there's no
1: sign of any cooling in the oil. You, you won't see it. And I know everybody believes it'll get milky or the levels going to go up, but we can't count on any of those things happening. I've seen oil with lots of coolant in it that doesn't get milky, and the level never goes up because the engine is burning some oil and adding in coolant, and it stays about the same. So those things can happen. It can get cloudy when there's coolant in it, and the level can go up, Mm -hmm. but just because they don't doesn't mean we can we can believe that there's no coolant in that oil. My guess is that you do have coolant in the oil, and that's a bad thing. Coolant strips out the zinc. The zinc is what protects the metal. And when we see high coolant, we start to see all kinds of wear metals. So I would recommend um, you get an oil sample done pretty quick. And uh, let's see what's going on with that. And then we're just going to have to try to figure out whether this is head gasket or liners. And hopefully uh, it's a head gasket. Let's go this time to Texas. Jason, welcome to the program.
0: How's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I had a question about uh, the per diem. Me and my wife drive team and towards the end of the year when we add up all of our per diem for the write off, it usually comes out to be about between $30 and $35,000. But the thing is, we we rarely even spend that much while we're out on the road. We're frugal, we shop cheap and you know, cook instead of eating out all the time. So we're writing nearly $30,000 off, but we're only spending about 10. Can we get in trouble for that
1: or? Nope. No, that is exactly, you are doing exactly what the IRS set up the system for. The IRS says okay. we, we don't really care how much you spend. If you want to keep track of it and use that number, you can, or, it, and, and let's talk about why they did this, because that, helps make a little sense out of this. I mean, think of all the receipts you would have with $30,000 worth of food. Uh, that's insane. Right. Uh, my God, it is boxes full. And and the IRS doesn't want to deal with it in an audit. They, the businesses shouldn't have to deal with that. That's, that's cumbersome. So the IRS says, look, we know you have to eat. We're just going to give you a number. You can deduct this much every day. Even if you spend zero, we could tell the IRS you spent zero, but you still get to take the deduction.
0: Awesome. I was just worried about it because like, I mean, we save about $20,000 a year in our savings just because we don't have to spend that money. And I didn't know if they were going to come back and like try to
6: tax that money in our savings. Nope.
1: Nope. Absolutely not. You are doing everything correct and you are just fine.
6: Perfect. Thank you very
1: much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. I'm not a big fan of the IRS and I hate our tax code, but the per diem is kind of a gift in this industry. There's no question about that. Let's head off to, oh, south of Buffalo. Bob, how white is it around you?
6: Um, Pitchers do not give it
1: justice. <laughs> I'll bet. All right, so I have to say, That the most snow I have ever seen, physically been in myself, was forty eight inches, and Buffalo's talking about seventy plus. I can't even imagine.
6: There, well, if you want to imagine on the throughway, the throughway is still closed between Pennsylvania and Rochester, but on the throughway there are trucks stuck there with literally snow banks that are level with about, from about two feet down from the top of the roofs.
1: Wow. Oh, that is, that's just insanity.
6: Yes, it is. Um, But on other things, the per diem that you were just talking about, that income is not taxable. And if I, if memory serves me right, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that money because if you take the per diem, it does not get the social security and everything on it. But also when you go to collect social security, when you're 62 or 65, whenever they're going to give it to us, you, that money is not credited there.
1: That is correct. correct. That is correct. And, and let me address that because that, that could be viewed as a downside. I, I don't see it as a big downside. In fact, I don't see it as much of a downside at all. And here's why. Uh, if you give me the choice of saying, you know, all of that per diem is taxable and then you're going to get credit for Social Security or it's not taxable and you don't get credit, I'll take the not taxable every time because it puts the money back in my pocket and then I can choose. If it goes to Social Security, I don't have any choice. They set the rules. They determine how much of my money I get back. And if I die, basically you, you lose most of it. There are some survivor benefits, but for the most part, when you die, your social security disappears. So social security is just a giant Ponzi scheme from the government. And if I can take that money instead, and now that I didn't have to pay tax on it, I could put it in my own retirement account. And then I have total control over the money. I get to determine how it gets invested. I get to say when I can take it out, how much I can take out. So I would much rather take it tax free, be out of the social security system, at least for that amount of money and just go invest it myself.
6: And I agree with you. I just wanted to make it also aware that this is what happened.
1: You are correct. That is a correct Um, statement.
6: Okay, now this is a question I asked, uh, I believe it was Kim that answered the phone. We were tired of being preempted, and we spoke to Sirius Radio, and you are no longer preempted. The question I have for you is if we all speak up again and decide to try bumping freewheeling, replay of freewheeling off from, I think it's 8 till 11 Eastern Time,
1: would you be interested in that time slot? Uh, I would uh, not, you know, it's not that I want to bump out any other show. I I've always wanted an earlier time slot just because our schedule is, is just brutal between weekends and late nights and all the other things we do. Our schedule's always been a challenge. And I, I've always said if, if something were to come available earlier in the day, I would jump on it in a heartbeat. And Um, I I would certainly appreciate anybody that wants to, you know, email Sirius, call Sirius, let them know how they feel about those kind of things. I'd absolutely appreciate that. I I think that we might see some changes in the lineup. We have a fantastic program director now. Uh, I I have to say that we've had good program directors over the years. But but uh, Kenny, my absolute favorite, he really cares about the channel. And I, I think he's working hard in the background to make some changes, in, and they haven't given me anything definite yet. But I, I get the feeling that there there could be some lineup changes that that will be an improvement uh, for the channel. We'll see. But again, anybody that that you know wants to let their opinion be heard, I'd certainly appreciate it.
6: Okay, now I have one question. You kind of talked about the ra- uh, radiator building pressure. Two weeks ago, I started building pressure, serious pressure, in my radiator. Um, I lost number four cylinder. The sleeve cracked, and it wiped out the piston, and all of it ended up down in the oil pan. It went in, it got rebuilt, got a new head gasket, and everything put back together. I still have the air pressure accumulating in a radiator. They did inspect the head. They said it wasn't cracked or anything else. But I have that. But I also have a low coolant sensor on my dash going off consistently. Do you have any idea how to track something like that?
1: Uh, low coolant is almost, that's usually pretty simple. That's usually just a sensor going bad. And, and the sensor in most I, trucks is in the overflow bottle. And normally you replace a sensor and that problem stops.
6: Well, that's been done twice now, and it has not
1: corrected the problem. Ah, then it's going to get more complicated, uh, significantly more complicated. And I do know how to troubleshoot it. It's just it's not something I can explain over the phone. Uh, it's like most electrical troubleshooting. You've got to get the schematics out and start working from point to point until you figure it out. Uh, I've got to get to a break. The music is playing. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's Let'sTruck.com. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're just about through with the show today. We're flying right through it. We're down to the final segment. So I'm going to get right back to some phone calls. Let's go to. Hey, Kevin. Hey, can I can. We finally got a line cool. here. What, uh, what's uh, on your mind cool today?
0: Deal. All right. A while back, probably about a year ago, I lost the thrust washer out of my crank. Uh, and I put it back or got to put back in and all that, you know. And I was just wondering if there was anything uh, possibly, I don't know how long it went without, well, it was only half of the thrust washer that was in the oil pan. I don't know if I should be on the lookout for anything because of that or, or what?
1: Boy, it's hard to say. Um, you know, you, there's a good chance you just got lucky. It dropped through, didn't really do any damage. Are you worried that there's other parts in there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, they went through it and they said they didn't see a whole lot of damage, although the shop that uh, took it to is not real reputable for for uh, thorough, thorough and great jobs they're they're kind of quick and cheap you know
1: yeah i i i don't i i think i would want to get this to somebody that i trusted a little more just to let them take a good thorough look at it
0: all right all right good deal well thank you i appreciate what you do and 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 Great
1: show today. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the uh, support. Yeah, I, I think uh, it'd be good to get somebody to take a look at this just to be on the safe side. Let's go to Arizona. Kirk, welcome to the program.
6: How you doing?
1: Good. What's on your mind today?
0: I, I, on the uh, Maxwell engine start module, I'm wondering if out here in Arizona if there is a uh, beckon vendor
1: on it or something of that nature uh you know one of the places we're recommending getting it because we know they have them in and they have great prices but it you're going to have it shipped to you is a company called RV Cams and they stock RV, cam. RV Cams yeah uh, they stock the ESM they've got it uh for $1050 right now and it's not a big deal to ship it. They only weigh 25 pounds. It's not like shipping a, a heavy battery. And then installing it is not that big of a deal. So I, I'm recommending people just order it through RV cams, have it shipped to you, and then have your shop put it in.
0: Okay, I'll put the last
1: one in. And oh, yeah. I've or got you, or, another one. We'll need
0: a few more.
1: Yeah, or you could certainly do it. Yeah,
0: I've done one so
1: far. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I would recommend. In fact, we're getting ready to put uh, the ESM up in our store because we like it so much. Uh, But basically, it'll be getting shipped from RV cams. That's who we're going to work with as our distributor. Okay. Thank
0: you all very much for what you all
1: do for the industry. Well, thank you for the call and the support. I appreciate it. Let's go to North Carolina. Drew, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? Doing great. What's on your mind today?
7: Hey, uh, uh, you asked about uh, bi- biographies when you were when you had Larry on. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to throw out a biography that I found very fascinating. It was uh, uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt's biography by uh, T.J. Styles called the, uh, "The First uh, Tycoon." I just thought it was really fascinating about uh, the early founding of our great country and. Uh, the laissez-faire, um, air of, uh, the early, yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it, it, it was, it was a really good book. I, I don't think it's on audio. Um, but you could definitely get it on Kindle.
1: Yeah. Well, that sounds good. I, I like the thought about that, you know, I and that's why I asked Larry, I really, I've read a couple biographies and autobiographies that i liked, but not a lot. And, yeah, I'm kind of tired of some of the business books I've been reading lately, a lot of repetition right now, and I am reading a lot, which is good, but a lot of repetition. So I thought, I need I need something different for a while. I need a break. And then I realized I haven't listened to or read that many biographies or autobiographies, but I like the idea of kind of the early capitalist. I, I think that sounds like a great idea, so I'm going to get this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
7: uh, I, uh, by the way, I just, I just discovered you. I think, uh, your program is great. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I don't know exactly when you're on serious. Uh, it seems like it's, uh, I, I catch you accidentally. Uh, but, um, I, uh, downloaded a pod, uh, a podcast app, uh, podcast Republic, I think. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to start listening to most of your, uh, I want to listen to, uh, your podcast from, uh, the first one till I'm, I'm going to try to do it as, as quickly as possible, but it kind of takes a long time though.
1: Yeah, to it, 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 does. In fact, I, I was looking in there, there are well over a hundred episodes going all the way back to 2010. We did a lot in 2010. Um, uh, and then we got really busy and we got away from the podcasting and we were kind of hit and miss. And now we're back to it very heavy. Uh, So get a podcast app, start listening to our shows. We have tons of them. We're adding more all the time, and we plan on producing a lot of good audio content in uh, podcast format. So stay on top of that. Uh, As far as the schedule on Sirius, by the way, great to have have you as a new listener. Thank you. Uh, The schedule on Sirius Seven nights a week, every night of the week at midnight Eastern time, we're on. Um, Some of those shows are replays from other times, but it it is seven nights a week, uh, midnight Eastern time. And then on Saturday and Sunday afternoon, uh, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern time, we do three hours live on Saturday and Sunday every weekend as well. Let's head off to Tennessee. Wes, welcome to the program. Off. And you can also, if you go to an auto parts store that carries uh, commercial painting uh, supplies for body shops, they have some great products for getting it off. I think what he was hoping to do, though, was not to have to take it off afterwards. I, I think he was really hoping that he we could find a solution that wouldn't leave any residue. Uh, most of the tapes that I know like the painter's tapes and things like that that don't leave residue they also don't stick very well. Um, it works just fine on a house, not so much on a truck going down the road with the uh, you know moisture and rain and snow and sleet and wind and uh, everything else. Somebody recommended that there was a uh, a clear version of gorilla tape that doesn't leave residue that that is a possibility uh i don't know if that's true or not I, i've i haven't seen it somebody recommended it to me so uh that is a possibility we uh we are i think i've got enough time to maybe squeeze in one more phone call that I'm going to get to here in just a second. Um, You know, I I did talk about the live schedule on Sirius, but there's also the recording schedule. So if you've got a question and you've had trouble getting through, it's always easier to get through when we're recording. And that is uh, every, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. And if you want the details on that, you can just go to our website. All the information is there. Let's go to uh, Connecticut. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing today? Doing good. What can I help you with?
6: Well, first I got a uh, a book recommendation because I know you always like those. Okay, shoot. And it's an oddball book. All right. It It is called... Marketing lessons from the Grateful Dead.
1: Oh, that—that's a little out there, yeah. But yeah, and but, it was uh, so out there. I have I to say, I
6: have to, I have to listen to
1: this. The the Grateful Dead were absolutely amazing at marketing. I mean, you know, today there's this the you know kind of the buzzword we use it. Um, I kind of like it. the 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 term tribe. Uh, Seth Godin kind of coined that phrase, you know, create a tribe of people, connect them together. Um, There's a lot of that going on, and it makes a ton of sense. It's working really well for us. A lot of benefits for everybody to doing that. But I think the original tribe was probably the Grateful Dead.
2: I think you may be right there, sir.
1: Yeah, they were they were absolutely geniuses at at the kind of marketing everybody's trying to learn today. So that that's a great one. I'll go look that one up.
6: I was actually pretty blown away on all the examples uh that the writers gave and at first I didn't take the the book too seriously and then I actually had listened to it three times ultimately because I learned so much from it each time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look that one up. That one sounds interesting. Yeah. I I think we should always be sampling. I I just think that that is an ongoing, never ending. There's so many advantages to sampling, to just see what's going on, to catch new problems as they arise. So I would be just sampling all the time, nonstop, just that's the way I would do it. As far as switching back to the synthetic, as soon as we, you know, identify that there aren't any problems that could cause us to have to go back in there again and and drain the oil, we don't want to have to do that. So uh, I would say based on the samples, I would keep sampling. And then based on that sample, we will be able to determine when to put the synthetic back in. And you could give me a call with a sample and I, I could help you with that. Uh, I'm looking at the clock and it looks like I've got to get out of here. So I'm going to wrap this up and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me. Check out the website. It's let's truck.com. Be seconds. safe, be profitable, do the hard work and master the journey. Good night, everyone. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
6: tuning in to the audio road if you have any questions give us a call at 855-800-FUEL that's 855-800-3835 check out the website at let and find us on facebook.com slash let's truck